it was a correction I think we needed just to look at your business again look at what we're doing right look at what we can live with and can live without and I think it's been one of those things you got to look at it optimistically. Today on Dirty Linen we are speaking to Christo Christofides. He has his finger in a few different pies. Christo owns Rip and Leaf Food and Wine in my neck of the woods in Melbourne. Uh, he's also a, a Glen Waverley trader, so has businesses in Glen Waverley and is um, on the you're the head of the Glen Waverley Traders Association. I probably got that name wrong. But yeah, you're you're the you're the man. You're the man in Glen Waverley. So Christo. Your phone never stops ringing, so I'm glad to have a moment to slot into your busy diary. Thank you so much for coming and having a chat to Dirty Linen today. Absolute pleasure, Danny. Absolute pleasure. So, it, look, it's been an interesting year for you, and I remember in January you were in touch with me about um, about coronavirus and about COVID, the way that it had struck Glen Waverley before perhaps it had struck many other parts of Melbourne. And that's because it's such a big um, Chinese community. So, I mean, it's in October now. That was January. I remember talking to you on the phone. I think I was driving down to Gippsland to do a bushfire recovery story. I actually can see, I can picture it. I can picture the road. I was going, I was coming up to a railway crossing and we were just talking about empty restaurants in Glen Waverley and um, it, it wasn't long before that that I wrote what ended up being you know among the first dozen or so of my restaurant reviews before there were no restaurants to review and it was a restaurant in that neck of the woods um, a sh- Shanxi style so a restaurant doing a particular um, Chinese regional cuisine and I was absolutely in love with it those fat wheat noodles and broken bread in broth and like I just love food and I love the people you get to meet through food I love writing about food I love I just learn something every day and Melbourne is such a good place to do that and to think of empty restaurants in any part of Melbourne uh, it was it's not something that you just you thought we were coming upon but you, you know you were really there at this at the start of it so yeah this is all my long way of asking how's your year been <laughs> yeah well look um, just to sort of follow up on that coronavirus type um, wave that began a little bit earlier. It was the sort of undercurrent that was brewing in Melbourne and um, Glen Waverley seemed to be hit first. And then um, Chinatown, of course, Box Hill and some other sort of Chinese um, areas that had restaurants, they were, they were the ones that got hit first because they were coming back from China on the new year, um, January to February, their, their Lunar New Year. Um, it was quite already instilled in their in their um, social distancing and all their sort of behaviour. So they were sort of, you know, they, they came to Melbourne with masks and we were wondering what's going on. And this was in January. This is straight A weekend. And we we're thinking, what's mm. going on? And it was quite funny and we were actually mocking some of them. Like, why are you so, there's no nothing to worry about. It's like the flu symptoms. Anyway, we've learned a lot since. But unfortunately, mm. um, you know, uh, we didn't know. And then, of course, come March, two months later. So it did hit, hit us quite early. And we're really concerned about, you know, not only just empty restaurants, the fear. And it's so ingrained in our culture here in Melbourne that we are, like, you go across a lot of parts of the world and, you know, in Melbourne, you talk about what's Melbourne like? Well, we're so multicultural and we're so rich with restaurants and, and going out for breakfast and it becomes your, 
habitual, you know, sort of religion, so to speak. And it becomes just way of life. And without having that, it's a big part of our lives. And, and that's why it's so sad, not only for us operators, because we're the ones hurting, yes, and there's others that are sick and probably dying. And at the same time, there are other industries that are suffering as well. That's tourism as well, as well as hospitality and some other um, industries. But, you know, uh, we're chugging along okay. The government's been okay with a few things, but it's just that community fear and it's just bringing back that confidence. And I think we've lost a little bit of confidence here in Melbourne with our government, but at the same time, moving forward, we've just got to sort of take it as it comes and try and adapt. Unfortunately, um, some businesses can adapt more than others and and that's why it's sort of, uh, it's hard for some and easier for others. So it's been very, very tough uh, emotionally as well as uh, financially. So it's it's one of those things, it's like a hiatus. It's like a like a little break from the, the norm of push, push, push. Now it's like survival. And then, yeah. um, you know, moving forward, it's like, okay, how can I still run my business and we're talking now as an owner of a business how can we run our businesses a lot finer and we've learned so much um myself and my business partner particularly my business partner we've just risen to the occasion and we're just and she's inspiring me and lisa um slaughter who is a glenn Maverley girl um that's why we we started out there 20 years ago we've seen a lot ups and downs and it's been like a good opportunity now to reassess your business and what have I been doing in my business? What am I doing? Let's look at ourselves and start getting back into it and bringing back that passion and love because unfortunately the distraction's been we're closed, we can't operate. Yes, um, some can to some capacity and the parameters have changed. It's all takeaway at the moment. And then um, we're looking moving forward to look, okay, we can come out of this stronger and a little bit more... Um, understanding of your business down to the grain and then um, moving forward hopefully it becomes a little bit more profitable because that's what we're in business for it's it's a passion becomes the bloodline of our existence and then obviously you have to make some sort of profitability to keep running and sustain a living from it so that's the intention so I think I'm going to come out of this as well as some others will um, a lot wiser yeah yes well it's funny like (laughs) <laughs> hearing you talk it's like i i feel like i'm on the roller coaster with you because there mm. is um there's so much i mean i i can sort of sense the bewilderment that struck at, you know at certain times along the way but also mm. the the passion that sort of brought you back on track and the innovation where then and, and and the teamwork you know what how can we inspire mm. each other how can we look after each other um and what are we Absolutely. left with at the end of it and i think i what i also feel like I can hear in your voice is a questioning of the purpose of what you're doing in the first place like that the fact that you can you go into a business for one reason and then you know it it, it sort of leads you down a whole bunch of different tracks and then you've had this opportunity to question it to ask yourself you know what are the first principles so maybe let's start start there Christo like what what how have you been able to answer that for yourself yeah and and that's actually been a question this week it's funnily enough that, you know, you ask, how oh, can you, you know, have a bit of a chat on our, on your podcast? And I'm actually quite honored to, to explain some of the ins and outs of behind the scenes of what personally, what I'm going through, but myself and my business partner, we're saying we need to be realigned because what happens is organically things just grow. When you open a business, the energy that's in there, you're in that store a lot of hours and you resonate that value that you put into it in the sense of how you go about things and 
um, you know, uh, teaching the younger ones below you, with you, uh, taking on that, that, that beautiful ride of a business growth. And for 20 years, we've had a lot of ups and downs, but majority of the time has been, you know, solid and, and positive. And some things just you take for granted because things are going well, you know, there's good money in the till and, you know, you've got some good, you know, you, you're always you're always feeling great because you're the center of attention. It's your business and you see a lot of people in your store and outside enjoying your product and, and loving the customer interaction. And, um, and it's been an, an amazing sort of feeling, but at the same time you think, okay, now I'm earning a living from this. All of a sudden you've got to put some new hats on to, you know, put aside that passion and start putting on that business hat saying, am I, what, what are we doing here? We're losing money here. Or, you know, you, you can actually do this better. And all of a sudden you get distracted. And then obviously lately with the COVID um, challenges we've all had, um, you know, you're sort of thinking, oh, bloody hell, like the business has been crippled. Uh, is this really worth it? And and where we've sort of stopped and thought, okay, let's bring back our identity because our identity is so important to, to come out of COVID or at least when we're allowed to reopen, bring back that that love and and that'll resonate with our team and then they'll sort of hopefully build that trust again with our customer and that community confidence and then that will then hopefully open the doors to you know obviously more business and more trade and then you can get back onto the running of your business that I so relied on for many years you know you earn an income from profit uh, some of us pay yourself a wage while you're working at the same time profit is the extra money that you you can you can make but at the end of the day we are running businesses so unfortunately it's becoming more and more of a um a, a business that you have to sort of keep a hat on as opposed to the passion hat and your passion mm. needs to be you know now divided into other sort of aspects such as hr or some legal stuff or the you know the council or there's liquor licensing and then there's other challenges that takes away that love and all of a sudden you become spiteful or you hate you start hating the industry which you know you see so many times where people just feel like they get burnt out and it's just stopping and taking a breather let things just you know come to you and then realign okay why am i doing this let's let's the business is you really so if you don't realign yourself you know your business won't reflect that and that's where i feel like this is the time i'm going to do it and i'm going to come out of this as another sort of back to the old Christo, how you know many years ago was quite an obvious sort of aspect of my business. Now it's sort of lost its identity due to the COVID distractions. So that's where it's sort of coming back to that passion to go back in and to relive it. So it is, is it about what is it that you, you bring to it? What, what is the, who is that Christo that you can rebuild this business on? Well, that's a bloody good question because I've forgotten over all these years. Sometimes I know what I'm good at and that's, I'm a servant to people. And really, I want to make people happy. So how do we do that? Well, it's not only your staff and your suppliers, but it's the most important thing is my customers. And so long as that's making me, um, that makes me happy. So what where, where it comes bound back to for Christo is, okay, I'm going to really re-look at what's bringing that fire, what's keeping that fire going, you know, and that's where I love teaching and I love you know, showing the road to these young kids that work for us and also showing the road to our customers, how amazing, you know, we are or we are as a business or how I am as a person. So it becomes so personal that it's like a, it's a child that I want to bring, you know, up again 
like I, I did many mm. years ago. So it's like, it, it's, it's very hard to explain. Some can articulate it better, but I feel like I've just got to not only get back in and do the hours, but also I've, I've, what I've got to do is really just explain it more because I don't have the, 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 the ability to be there all the time. I've got a family and I, you know, I want to be home, you know, with kids. So it's like realigning yeah. the business. So it, those values are still there. And that sort of X factor of what makes us or what makes me, me resonates in that business. And that's what I started it in the first place. So mm. I want to reignite that. And that, what I did was just, it was the passion of my coffee, making sure that's great. The passion of my food and, and the passion of this, the, the venue that people just want to be at and they make them happy. You know, it's, it's a distraction yeah. for people's lives and make it a, a nice, happy place for everyone to come back to. You know, so I think that's what sort of is the key, I think, in a lot of businesses. Yeah. You know, well, it's interesting because you're using a lot of, you're using a lot of sort of fire metaphors and, you know, it's like yeah. there's that, yes. there's that fire that sort of propels you into business and, and, you know, that, that, uh, lights your way through it. Um, and then mm. there's this, there's this pandemic that's just a bit of a dampener, really, uh, putting it that is. fire out or threatening to. But also, I feel like it um, it can also, and I know it has. There's been aspects of your business that have really ignited through this. Like you've started yes. new business streams, and yeah, so it is. It opens it's a, new a really interesting. Yes. Yeah, like it has it's, been. It's, it's never been. just one thing, is it? It's not, and that's the thing, like I said earlier, about some business can adapt a little bit easier than others. Some have motored through this and not having to change too much, um, but and some just had no choice. And we thought, okay, if we stick to just being closed, that's one option, and that's quite an easy option. And um, it's just about this is an opportunity to get in front. The government's actually helped us a lot by giving us um, a, a job keeper opportunity to offset some of the costs to do business, which is labor, which has been a huge part of our industry. And that's helping um, us to be able to at least try and combat those fixed costs. You know, when you look, you know, that's the business hat we've got to talk about. It's uh, you got to make sure that you can balance the books and understanding how to do that and then creating a product that's going to sort of combat that. And then, of course, creating a product that people may not be used to in your brand or your business. So it's about being, you know, intuitive enough to be able to come up with something that's going to sort of still resonate with your customers and the and the loyal, you know, customers that have been coming in for years to sort of say, okay, I'm going to give it a go and give them a support. And if they like it, they'll come back and they have. And um, take away, take home, cook at home, cook at home meals, sort of 80% done and, you know, um, all it needs is a reheat or, you know, a re um, a recook has been quite a, a big opening for a lot of businesses. And you see it with the online Provador um, giving a lot of businesses the opportunity to sell and to market themselves further. So we've done that on a smaller scale and it's been really positive and it gives us that sense of achievement too. And it shows that we keep going and keep swimming and it's been quite a mm. rewarding sense of um, achievement and accomplishment. And, you know, and that's not just us or me. It's, you know, obviously my business partner drives that a lot too. And she's the one that, you know, can be commended for a lot of those changes. But also, and, and, and then the staff sort of, you know, move on with that and take it to that next level of, you know, you know helping us achieve that. So it's been a great opportunity. And I think that's what's going to open the door to, to new aspects of hospitality moving forward. It may not be the only thing, but it's going to be another revenue stream for us to look at. And that's the change. And unfortunately, like you said, the dampener, 
um, has been COVID for the whole world and, you know, in some aspects, some areas more than others, but it's a correction sometimes. I think we need it. Uh, I'm not saying to the point where, you know, health, you know, we needed people to die, but it was a correction. I think we need it just to look at your business again, look at what we're doing right, look at what we can live with and can live without. And I think it's been one of those things you got to look at it optimistically rather than a pessimist way of saying, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's all we can do, so that's all we're going to do. But, like, it, it opens the door mm. and it really gives you the opportunity to say, hey, you know, like, it is hospitality still. You know, you're still entertaining people, but they're doing it at home. And they're, not, they're going to come back out again. We're all going to get out. You can see we're all itching. But it's just, you know, it's it's still food. It's still pleasing someone at home, but just, you know, in an indirect way. And it's amazing. And you see it through yeah. now. It's become really an online review um, uh, sort of reward rather than the immediate, hey, and they see you and they look at you and say thank you and shake your hand and pay at the register. It's like it's quite a different sort of uh, ball game, but it's the same principles. And the principles are great food, you know, good product and entertaining. And that's what it's about, I think. You've got you've got businesses in quite different parts of Melbourne and I think that yes. you know a lot of uh, yeah it's a lot of people don't have the opportunity to witness different neighborhoods you know your neighborhoods yeah. are more than uh, five yeah, kilometers right. apart so I yeah. haven't had the opportunity yeah. to see what's happening in Glen Waverley um, yeah. Yeah. so I mean tell me and the, and the restaurants are quite different so perhaps just give us a little rundown on on the different neighborhoods and the different businesses that you have in them okay in Glen Waverley being a, a deep suburban um hub outside of Melbourne um, it was it had some extreme growth the last probably 15 years a lot of um, heads of uh, national and international companies went out and moved out and had factories out towards Notting Hill um, Wheelers Hill Glen Waverley and the hub there um, business district hub um, uh, created a uh, a demand to open some hotels out there and the Novotel Hotel with a cinema complex near the Glen um, became a sort of mini city and it has um, it, it attracted my business partner to, to open a store out there and we, we were looking all around Melbourne and we thought okay let's open that sub, um, city suburb a uh, city venue in the suburbs and we just offered great coffee good breakfast we did it early so we were the first of the market out there and it was um and we hadn't looked back since and it was you know it was really um it really uh resonated with all the locals there and they loved it and um that's a breakfast lunch dinner venue that the model worked and suited well back then um for a seven day operation and a big restaurant corner sort of we sort of adapted it to be a little bit more seats around the corner of the, of the venue so there's like 80 seats outside and, and about 50 seats inside very simple uh setup but um quite warm and venue to you know you sort of see it and you go oh, i want to sit there so it's got that sort of uh, comfort to um, those looking from outside in uh rip and lee being a sort of a more inner suburban uh, suburb which where i grew up in um, is right along the train line, the Sandringham train line at Ripponlea train station. It's a beautiful corner building that um, we opened up about six years ago and have redeveloped it into a beautiful um, night venue, being a restaurant with some cosy green booths, sort of that um, great warm, comforting feeling. Um, good, good, simple, sort of European, French, Italian sort of influenced 
menu, uh, little menu with um, great wine and cocktail list. And um, the locals have warmed to it beautifully. And um, we have a, a very local, uh, loyal local um, clientele there, as opposed to Glen Waverley, which is very family-oriented, big demographic of young, middle-aged and elderly and corporate coming in. So in a highly competitive area of Glen Waverley, there's a lot of Chinese restaurants and other cafes. Um, we've seen a lot of um, new businesses come into to the area, into the market. That's really a bit competitive to us. So, you know, it has lost its edge in the sense of being a leader. Now we're one of many mm -hmm. restaurants out there, whereas uh, Ripon Lee, where, um, uh, you know, we have the uh, esteemed Attica restaurant that has, um, you know, a, 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 an international following, which is just up the street, which is quite, we're quite proud to say we're right near. So, um, and there's some beautiful artisan um, bakers and bakery and some beautiful stores in that strip that really make it a, a, a gorgeous cute hidden suburb that many people love to find so um quite dynamically different to glen waverley you know in the sense of um uh just the the, the type of clients that come in you know so it, mm. quite different so it's quite a challenge to have a, two different running menus one running breakfast lunch and virtually dinner seven days the other one's down to you know four nights of dinner only so it's quite quite opposite so it's hard to, to have you felt to really, that you're uh, see Sorry. Have you felt yep. that your customers have wanted different things from you emotionally during this period? Um, that's a really good question. During this period, I've noticed that people have wanted to, yeah, they grab you more now because I just think the ones that are coming to visit us are getting out and appreciating the fact that they're out and it's a little outlet for them. So they just want that extra minute or two of um, attention, which is quite quite different to um, having a buzzing business where you've got you know several people to say hello to, or just you know you remember all their names and saying mm. hello. Now it's more like you're actually quite concerned because you know some of them have been affected by COVID, or mentally affected, or you know they've been sick, or mm. we've got so many nurses working working in the area that come into Glen Waverley particularly. I see them every day, and they just come in and get their coffee, and that's their outlet and. You do tend to forget that because we've got coffee on tap any time of the day, we sort of take it for granted. But going out for your coffee is, it's actually, it's an event. You actually plan to go, I'm just going to go out and get my coffee. It's part of your, your DNA. So um, they go out and it's uh, an, for them to, to go out and actually be uh, noticed and, you know, and have that engagement is huge. And it's, it's actually a bit, a lot, a lot more obvious now because people just want to stand and talk and have that opportunity just to just to vent or talk or, and, and getting away from the the dull blanket, I should say, that cloud above them, which has been this, the, the, the COVID life, you know. So um, it has taken yeah. a lot more out of me lately because I am sort of more that personable business owner that's in the business and I'm sort of the face. So you've got to sort of, you've got to take it on, on the chin and sort of and go with it. So it has been more lately definitely good question and um yeah i think that that engagement and i think even just this uh, something is a physical barrier like wearing a mask i think makes every interaction 
just that little bit more draining. As much as you want to yeah. have it, you want to you want to talk to someone. I think it's yeah. it's harder for us to speak and be understood. And I think that that does it just does take a little bit more energy to just even to listen to somebody. Uh, yeah, you can't hear them. That's right. So you go sort of go. You actually got to. You can't social distance. <laughs> you got to be a bit closer. You can hear them. So it's sometimes it, yeah, you're right. And it takes that little bit extra of energy out of you to. It's not actually out of you. You just spend that energy. You know, it's not a negative, like, in the sense it's taking me out. You know, they drain you. It's like you've got to spend no. that extra energy just to sort of concentrate and listen and then give them that time because I think that's where we're giving back. The The rewards of having loyalty comes at a cost and a price and sometimes it's just my time and that's where it's got to yep. – and that's where I feel like I've got to, like, give, them, give it back and I do that a lot. And I feel like I'm not, I don't accomplish a lot when I've got to work on my business. And, and I've got to sort of know and put that hat on and think, this today is just go and have fun with the customers and, and do it and don't sort of commit to doing anything other than just that. So it's really important to mm. give that back. And, you know, you've got to reward your, your, your loyalty back by just giving them the attention. And that's, it's huge. It's what hospitality is all about, 100%. Well, I think it's also when you're leading a team, I mean, it must be so yeah, important. Well, I'm sure the team would get so much from seeing you like honour that right. moment with the customers yeah, as well. Yeah, and I think that's been uh, one of our key values, myself and my business partner, Lisa's um, key values are just monkey see, monkey do. And at the end of the day, um, if we show that we're putting time into um, invest. Invest, invest our, our time into our customers and also our staff. It, it comes back in twofold and people, and it just resonates in a happy place. And it does show it, it, they are quite proud of us. And I always want to be known as a proud person to be working for rather than someone that, you know, it's a learning that I'll never work for someone like that again. And I don't want that <laughs> over, uh, on my name, you know, and it's really important because it's a small world and it's a small industry, even smaller industry. And, and your and uh, your name does travel far, as opposed to you know um, you know the, the gossip that can go out. You yeah. know you don't, don't you should never work for that person again. Or oh my god, they roll their eyes to their customers when they're saying how's your day, and the staff members you know bagging you. It's not a good look. So it's important that the values on giving that time resonates with them and, and shows. It's great, brilliant. Mm. So. What are, you talked about this as an opportunity to really dig into the detail of your business and see if there are things yeah. that you could do differently. Yes. And we know that yep. the margins in hospitality weren't amazing before all this. Mm, now, you know, correct. there's a lot of pegging back to do. And if people are operating at reduced numbers, um, it's going to be really easy to break even even with a, in a job keeper landscape, and we all know that Correct. that's not going to last forever. What are some yep. of the specific things that you have noticed that you can do differently? Um, well, what we can do differently is um, manage the business a lot lighter, so not holding on to so many um, extra costs that yeah, I've just realised that I was I was taking on that you don't really need. Um, some some basic fixed costs. Uh, I think I was just oh, me personally. I think I was just taking for granted the business can perpetually moving forward, and not thinking that it was it had all these bricks in the boot. You know, think of it of a car had all these bricks in the boot, and you think, oh my god, if I took away some of these bricks, I can still operate this business moving forward a lot lighter. So and 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 more efficiently, won't chew up as much petrol, which is your profit. 
and and that's probably why I think maybe uh, it was a correction that some of us needed that we can move forward and knowing that I can sort of run my business uh, maybe with less staff because we've decided to maybe do a lot more um, online um, purchases on our QR coding with say on, on your phone when they come to the store um, we can even uh, look at doing less items on my menu instead of carrying such a big load on my menu it can be a smarter menu in the sense of less stock to carry which means less money to spend on extra stock less staff to carry I don't even need to run my business with the privilege of having a spare third person second or third person we can do it we've noticed that we can run our business so leanly that you know it'll be a privilege to have an extra person rather than just the expectation so there's a lot of things moving forward that sort of made me realize hey I, you know I can do this without all this extra noise or extra weight to carry and I think that's a good thing and that will, will relate to better margins uh, moving forward and don't forget a lot of people are doing very well prior to COVID and some of us weren't doing as great we you know and this is why I think we can do greater now coming out of it based on those learnings. So you've got businesses that are operating at quite different positions in the market and yes. I mean do you see that there's going to be a type of business that does better on the other side of this? That's a great question. Um, yeah, look, unfortunately, um, you know, it's the margins are, are better when you're selling alcohol. So those type of businesses always did well um, with alcohol mm. and food. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that those lighter businesses, in the sense lighter, what I mean by that is, you know, they're sort of cafe style, uh, breakfast all day, can run very well and uh, efficiently and, you know, quite profitable moving forward it's a different landscape moving forward in the sense of you know is there a takeaway option are people still going to be going out and how can you accommodate that it's the middle to large size businesses that will probably struggle because they may not fill as many seats you know so that's where I feel like if you if you're a big venue you know will that I don't know will it be sustainable moving forward because of the couple of years that people may take to, to come back into the community as freely as they did pre-COVID I don't know so I think those small businesses such as those cafes will still do very well um, so long as they've made some changes moving forward to, to help them sort of lighten the load but most likely those businesses that you know are in the, the suited area it depends on your suburb some suburbs are mm. suited for corporate, you know, uh, beverages and lots of alcohol. And some are, you know, um, country, Victoria, might be great for those breakfasts and they just uh, they just smash it on, the, you know, on weekends. They're great. You know, they could be, you know, and they continue moving forward that way. So it, it does depend on your demographic and which area you're in. But I just feel like the business model, like going back to what type of business would work well those business models to sustain breakfast lunch dinner are probably have, have gone now they're out the window that you don't never see those businesses that are you know solely all an old sort of type business where they do breakfast lunch dinner seven days i think that's gone now it's all about more segregated business types such as breakfast only and you go there only for breakfast you're not going to go there for dinner you go to that steak shop that's open for dinner that's great that's what you go for you go to that mexican store that's open for you know for dinner as well or you'll go for that venue that's great for lunch and afternoon drinks so 
they have they specifically cater for that type of sort of genre in the market and I think that's that's sort of the openings now that us type of hospitality people can't sustain you know having open so many hours of the day or you know right so, but don't you have one of those businesses in Glen Waverley? Right, yeah. Absolutely. That's so what, what are you going to do? That, are you going to close dinners or see what that's happens? The or what do you... That's the decision we're making right now. And um, the sort of writing's on the wall. You can see it because what's going on is there's a great you know incentive for the Victorian state government now to push this outdoor dining um, movement in hospitality. Um, so we may you know look at just being open summer for a few nights of the week. You know, four to five nights of the week. Yeah. People aren't, people aren't going out as much. We've noticed that with the introduction of Uber the last three to four years, people are content to stay home and order in. And now Providor's taking it to another level where I can have a fine dine restaurant at home and not go out. So, you know, so there's the other aspect as well that people may not go out as much. You know, they like to entertain at home because we all, depends on your age group, entertaining at home could be, you know, the next next thing, you know, you know that's where well, mm. we're doing that already. Um, so that's why these are the conversations we're going to have coming out of this lighter. Like I said before, you know, we're going to probably only open um, breakfast, lunch in our venue in the suburb, but at the same time, that'll be a lighter load to have to carry as opposed to open so many hours of the day and to try and just still make profit and drag your feet when the, you know, when the landscapes change so much. And, but, and the customer behaviors have changed so much as well. We're becoming lazier and lazier. It's ridiculous. Dear idea. <laughs> Are you still glad, Christo, that you're in hospitality? Are you glad that you own restaurants? Yes, I'm proud. I'm proud of what I've created and what I've done. Um, unfortunately, it's becoming like um, there's so much competition there that you get you you are forgotten after a while. You know, not. You know, we do know the the champions of our industry and those legacies that they leave are still amazing, and and they it always resonates for the the true bloodlines of those that open businesses. But um, people just see it as um, just another business, and if it's gone, it's gone, and all the heartache that goes behind it, you know, um, is sort of forgotten. And they, people are looking at the next thing. It's quite a fickle environment now. It's becoming less and less. Um, uh, sort of a, I wouldn't say pleasure. It, it, it's not. It, you're not. It's. It's. You're not sort of um, known. Okay, you're in a restaurant owner. It's not as a high accolade, you know, thing to mm. to do anymore because it's become more and more cutthroat. And the business elements takes over the passion. I think, unfortunately, and it's becoming more and more of a numbers game and. It's a scalable thing. So if you've got a bigger top venue, you need bigger turnover. And a lot of the restaurant groups now are taking over and retail or, um, you know, the franchisable type businesses are the, the, the thing that sort of makes more of a, a business sense. So people tend to go towards and gravitate towards those both to own or to visit. So it's, they pay the higher rents. The rents are high. You know, the cost to do business is such such a big thing that is it worth it? You know, that, that blood, sweat and tears for such little reward. Um, you know, if you don't get it right, you're out within a year. You know, if you do get it right, you still get it, you know, you still got to chug through all the challenges. So it's really tough to sort of say, you know, you like still being in hospitality. I do love it, 
but of course, you know, it, it is a young man's game, but at the same time, you know, it's also an amazingly rewarding um, financially and also um, personally a rewarding industry because you're you're all about team and people, you know, you're leading groups of people and you become a community hub and a community staple and people trust you and depend on you. So, um, you know, it's it's quite a quite a big thing to do, you know. Not everyone's got yeah. that got that in them to, to be able to, to hold and to have that resistance to stress and have that resistance to, you know, to, to be able to, you know, the business pressures as well, you know, as well as the, the personal <laughs> confrontation that people, where's my coffee, you know, or my, my latte's cold. <laughs> well, it's true. It's a well, very stressful yeah. situation to be in. A lot of people aren't c- catered for it, you know. It's very hard. Very hard. Yeah. sound, you know, there's a hair in my soup. It's very tough, but um, it doesn't sound yeah. as depressing as what I'm putting it out. It's just, it's just another game, you know. It's uh, hospitality is another industry that's just as, you know, tough as building. You know, it's all about margins at the end of the day. Whether in hospitality or you're a painter or you're an artist, you know, it's you know, there's a lot of moving parts. The only thing with hospitality, so that's why it's a very tough game. You've got to be really tough yeah. to be able to handle it very tough well it's um yeah look it there are so many aspects to it and of course nobody um plans for a pandemic it certainly turned all those stresses up turned those levers um and yeah made it a very difficult machine to to keep ticking over and but I think when you speak about it like that, you know, it, I think about sitting at the bar at Ripon Leaf Food and Wine and you getting excited about, you know, whatever the new cocktail is on the menu or the, or that wine that's just come in and, you know, yep. making me a drink or pouring me a glass of something. And yep. I feel like, I mean, at, at least from the customer side, you know, all that stuff melts away and there is something else that's going on that isn't about the margins and it's not about the bottom line and no. it is about creating that that magic and that that human connection and that space yeah. where where things can happen and people can be you know but can be more than who they are and you can have those really magical moments that we're missing so much at the moment Abs- so absolutely and and that's the, the the reward that you get that's the immediate award, reward that you get because we are we're entertaining you we're entertaining that's what we're doing. Like, you know, the food and the drink and it's a combination and the music and the, the cleanliness of the venue or the bathrooms or the decor and the fit out and just yeah. that feel and that ambience and the people that are you know around you that you don't even know that's the hum. And that yeah. is the human interaction that makes Melbourne, Melbourne. And that's why we love it so much. And that's why we're such a sophisticated society here. We're above and beyond hundreds of cities in the world and and that's why people love coming here and that's why we love you know and we're actually quite proud you know we're very proud of what we produce here and I'm Mm. one of thousands of you know restaurateurs and cafe owners and bar owners and pub owners and groups that you know are offering entertainment you know that's that's what makes Melbourne so rich you got so many entertainment we're on stage and that's what that human element that interaction that beautiful reward immediate reward Particularly if you love serving people, you're we are your we are your servant, and we're at your beck and call. And you know you you know some people are at least easier pleased than others, but that's what 
brings us back to that element of hospitality and and we cannot never forget that and it resonates in the food that the, the chef or the owners you know are happy to produce or in that drink that that cocktail barman makes you know you can see the love mm. and that's what you know and that's what it's about you're right it's the magic that's there that keeps it alive and those shops that do it well that that magic keeps resonating and it keeps people coming back and that's what makes them a, a beautiful business and um we all strive to do that and and that's what you know that, that's part of the game isn't it well i think it's you know everything that you speak to is and how special melbourne is 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 one reason that it's hurting us so much that we can't create yeah. those experiences for one another but it is also yeah. a reason why i believe that we are going to come back and there is going to be um you know those those that there is going to be that feeling that we can access whether it's um because you own the business or work in the business or because you're visiting the business. And I think what yeah. I'm hearing from you as, as a diner is that I need to really show how much I appreciate the, uh, uh, you know, erstwhile simple act of being allowed to go to a restaurant. It's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it is actually, it's such a special privilege. It's a and, privilege. Um, yes, no one's going to take it, it for, no one's going to take no. it for granted. Um, Christo, it's, but yeah, it's, it's such a pleasure to um, have you on the podcast and get your perspective. I think it's, yeah. It's been a pleasure and, you know, reading your articles and and listening to some of your podcasts have been, it's actually a pleasure to be part of it. And and at least I can contribute something. And um, I look forward to serving when we reopen yourself and others, of course, but at the same time, um, hoping that everyone else sort of um, can do the same and find that love um, and when we reopen, it will be good. Hopefully the weather's always kind to us. It's always nice to be out on a nice day, but um, <laughs> I, I'm actually yeah. nice to, uh, I feel nice just being able to just explain some of the ins and outs of, you know, behind the scenes for me personally. And I appreciate the opportunity to, to, to speak about it. Well, thank you. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of it. So thanks for being so generous with your thoughts and your time. Thank you. And I'll see My you pleasure. see you at Ripley Food and Wine for a drink before too long. See you soon. Thank thanks, you so Christo. much, Danny. My pleasure. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production.